Uh, we're going to read a couple scriptures tonight. I'm going to give them to you, make some comments, and then we'll, we'll get into our message tonight. Uh, we're going to uh, go to Genesis chapter 2. And so if you have a Bible tonight or maybe you're taking notes, uh, then we're going to go to Proverbs chapter 5, and then we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Uh, thank you for joining us for this series. Uh, we are now three weeks into it. Uh, we started the series uh, three weeks ago, talked about marriage. Last week we talked about divorce. This week we're talking about sex. Uh, next week we're going to talk about another subject. How did this series come about? This series came about uh, because uh, we asked uh, people that were attending Urban, hey, what do you want to hear about in the services. And so they wrote down, they took a survey, they wrote down what they wanted to hear about. And then also we put it on our website and people went there and said, hey, I'd like to hear about this. And we got a lot of feedback. And so we narrowed those down into seven topics, which we began to discuss marriage, divorce, tonight, sex. And so that's how this whole thing got started. And it's been a pretty good series. The Bible says this in John 8, 32. It says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. It is our job tonight just to present you what the Bible says on each and every subject that we're talking about, and then you can just make an informed decision. And not just an informed decision, but hopefully something will be sparked inside of you where you want to go back, grab a Bible, and say, does it really say that? And you begin to investigate it on your own. Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. Starting in verse 21 says, So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up the place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Verse 25, which I just think is one of the most amazing scriptures in the whole entire Bible, says this, And the man and the wife were both naked. Sorry, I like that scripture. Okay. And were not ashamed. They were naked. Why do I like that? We're going to talk about it tonight. They were both naked, and they were not ashamed. Husband and wife naked together. How many guys know that's a good thing? If you're not a vocal person, just kind of shake your head. I think that's a good thing. Okay. Proverbs chapter 5. Proverbs 5. Starting in verse 15. It says, drink water from your own cistern, flowing water from your own well. Should your springs be scattered abroad, streams of water in the streets... Let them not be for yourself. Uh, be for, let them be for yourself alone, and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed, and rejoice in the wife of your youth, a lovely deer, a graceful doe. That's the way to say, "Hey, man, you are a hot woman." Okay, I just let me interpret it for you. Okay, let her breasts fill you at all times with delight. Be intoxicated always in her love. What is this portion of scripture talking about? That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's talking about. It's talking about, okay, it's, it's okay to say it, all right? Don't feel awkward. It's talking about sex. That's what it's talking about, in case you're wondering about the cisterns and the wells and things like that, okay? First Corinthians chapter 7, starting uh, in verse 2. But because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. The husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights. What is that? You guys are catching on. That's right, it's sex, okay? And likewise, the wife to her husband. I like to read that one to my wife. Anyway, verse 4. 
For the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Verse 5, do not deprive one another. I read that one often too. Do not deprive one another. Except perhaps, okay, now listen to this, okay? Except perhaps by agreement for a limited, highlighted, underlighted, limited, all right? Limited, okay? Just limited time. That you may devote yourselves to prayer for a limited time. But then come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Now as a concession, not a command, I say this, I wish that all you were like myself, but each has his own gift from God and of one kind and one of another. To the unmarried and the widows, I say this is good for them to remain single as I am, but if they cannot exercise self-control, which means if they cannot stop having sex outside of marriage, they should get married. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word tonight. God, we thank you that your word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. God, I pray that tonight that you'd help me present, God, what your word says about this subject. And God, we would walk away with a greater understanding and a greater freedom. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 You know, we need to talk about this subject in church because the reality is, is it's on everyone's mind. Okay? Now, if you're a guy here tonight, it's on your mind more than it's on the woman's mind. Okay, let's just lay that out there. I think that's a, a fact everybody knows. Um, you know, uh, most, most uh, sociological studies show that men think about three things. They think about sex, food, and sex. Okay? Sometimes those are reversed, and they think about sex, food, and sex. Okay? Women think about security, food, security, and guys, if you're lucky, sex. Okay? All right? That's just kind of how, how it plays out. Now, you think I'm being funny. Actually, if you, if you actually look at the studies, guys really, number one thing, that they, it's in that order, sex, food, and it's actually third is security. I was just being funny with that. It's sex, food, and security. For a woman, it's actually reversed. It's security, food, and then sex. Okay? Why am I saying that? We're going we're gonna to discover in just a minute. But everybody's, everybody seems to be thinking about sex. As a matter of fact, this is so crazy, and some of you have heard this story before, so bear with me, but I was out on my patio the other day, and, and my daughter came out on, on my patio, and uh, I was just, you know, doing some stuff with the flowers, and uh, she said, Daddy, and I said, yeah, honey. She goes, what's sex? And I thought, my gosh, she's only six. Is she ready for this? Okay? But I figured if she's old enough to ask, she's old enough to know. And so I began to describe to her about sex. I know I'm a horrible father, right? Yeah, get over it. Wait till you have a six-year-old. Maybe you do. I don't know. So I began to describe to her, you know, about the birds and the bees and what they have to do with sex. I have no idea, but that's just, you know, how, you know. So I began to describe to her all this stuff and began to tell her. And I'm looking at her face, and she's getting beet red, and her, her eyes are bugging out of her head and getting bigger and bigger. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what have I done? I have totally, I'm going to get counseling for my daughter, you know, and, and I'm looking at her, and, and I realize maybe I did something wrong, you know, when she asked, what's sex? And I'm like, baby? She's like, yeah, dad. And uh, I'm like, why do you want to know what sex is? Be 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 because mom told me to come and tell you that dinner was going to be ready in a few secs. Right. Father of the Year Award right here, ladies and gentlemen. So... Sex, it's, it's, on, it's on people's mind. Here's the thing, though. I think we need to talk about sex in church, and I think we need to talk about it more often than not, because I believe that we all kind of have a misunderstanding of, of what sex is. Because I grew up in the church. My dad, was, my dad was a pastor, and all my years growing up in church, 
I had never heard but one time somebody give me a message on sex, okay? Welcome to Urban for the first time, by the way, if you're here. This is great. And we're having a meet and greet right afterwards, so great night to do that. Anyways, I didn't plan this real well, did I? I heard it talked about one time, but it wasn't in a church setting even. It was, at, it, was at a, it was at a summer camp. Anybody ever been to one of those summer camps when you're younger and, you know, they just beat God into you and, you know, you're supposed to go home pumped up and you do for about 24 hours and then you're like, what did we even learn there, you know, okay? It was one of those camps, you know, and I, I think camps are good. You know, please forgive me, God, for bashing the camp. But I, I went to this camp and I remember there was one time when they did a, a little separate session, right? And they took the girls and the guys. And you just know when they do the separate session what they're going to talk about. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll right? You know, those are the three things they're going to talk about, right? And so sure enough, man, we get there and the guy gets up and goes, today I'm going to talk to you about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And we're just like, yeah, we knew it, you know, okay? But here's the thing. When they began to talk about sex, they began to talk about idolatry, and they began to talk about fornication, and, and they began to talk about masturbation. Oh, we say that in church, okay? And they begin to talk about all this different stuff, and it's like, man, by the time you leave that, you think sex is the worst thing in the world. Okay, am I the only one? Okay, I've learned different. I've been married for 12 years now. I've seen the light, okay? But you walk away as a young person with this, with this feeling of, like, what in the world is sex, and why would I ever, ever want to be a part of that? Because it, why is that? Because we have not done a good job talking about it in church, Okay? And so tonight we're going to talk about it. Here's the problem. I've seen it over and over and over again. I do, I do premarital counseling. I marry people. And, uh, and, and one of the things I've seen is this, is the, the couple is actually scared about the wedding night. Now, it's okay to have a little pregame jitters, okay? Don't get me wrong. I'm sorry. You think you're uncomfortable? Okay. It's okay to have those, but it goes beyond that. And there's this, there's this feeling like, like, man, it's been so, so like taboo for so long and, and it's always been wrong and, and sex is like the, the S word and it's icky and, and, you know, are we supposed to do this? And so honestly, they enter into this marriage relationship with not just a, a nervousness, but they enter in with a feeling of, of, of like, what do we do, you know? And can I just be honest with you? Um, it's really not that hard to figure out. <laughs> if you're a married couple... And I love what Genesis 2 says. The man and the woman were naked and they weren't ashamed. Okay? And you don't need a manual or a video or someone really to describe it to you. Okay? God gave us common sense. God gave us a brain. And I believe this. If you, uh, you know, as a married couple, you come together, there's no reason to be nervous. Man, just get naked and don't be ashamed and just figure things out on your own. Okay? I know, I'm just, I'm going to talk open tonight. Okay? And, and honestly, uh, it's really not, not that difficult. And can I, be tell, can I just tell you something? It's nothing to be ashamed about, okay? Um, the reason we feel shame and the reason it's kind of like, whoa, you know, we're talking about sex in church. Remember, we're talking about the big white elephants, okay? Um, is because for so long, we always talk about what sex is not. What do you mean? We hear the, the subject talked about in church, but it's always about adultery or fornication or the amp word. And, and, and so people are like, you know, whoa, you know, okay? That is not a good way to talk about a subject, okay? When my daughter comes to me and is like, Daddy, what's chocolate taste like? I don't like go like, you know, pick up a rock and here, chew on that. <laughs> Ow, that's not chocolate. <laughs> you know, 
well, Daddy, what's chocolate taste like? Go to the fridge, you know, look for like a, a, you know, a rotten egg. Here, you know, drink this, you know, take this. That's not chocolate, okay? That is, just, that is just dumb, ladies and gentlemen. But for so long, that's what we've done in the church is we've talked about how, listen, man, sex is natural, sex is fun. Thank you, George Michael. Sex is best when it's... Thank you, one-on-one. Okay. That's right. Awesome. Come back, Jesus. All right. Sex. Men think about it. Top, it's on the top of their list. Okay. Women's security. Okay. Why did I mention that earlier? Here's the thing you need to understand. Obviously, you don't have to go to church for very long or even read the Bible or even, you know, whatever, just tap into a service or, or really just use common sense to realize that there is some guilt and some shame that happens when you have sex outside of marriage, okay? Now, the more often you have sex outside of marriage, the less guilt and shame you feel. Why is that? Because your conscience is being coming seared, okay? But here's what you need to understand. I want to talk to the ladies real quick. Here's what you need to understand, okay? If sex is the number one thing on a guy's mind and security is the number one thing on your mind, okay, can I just tell you something? The guy that is having sex with you outside of a, of a covenant, married, committed relationship is a jerk. I know, we're, no, there's going to be people not ever coming back to our church because I just called some of you jerks. Okay, sorry. Why? He's a jerk because he don't care about your security. He's not thinking about how secure you feel. Can I be honest with you? He's thinking about, let's get it on. Okay? That's what he's thinking about, okay? The girl, on the other hand, here's, what's ha- here's what happens to ladies. They think about security. So now what happens is, is the only way the woman feels secure is if they're having sex. And so now a learned behavior happens. Sex equals security, which is not true. But that's what happens. So now the minute the man stops having sex with you outside of a, because remember it says only hold it back for a limited time, okay? It's actually talking to husbands and wives. What happens is, is that gets taken away, okay? And the guys, you know, he's just thinking about sex. You, though, you're like your security's gone, okay? Now what happens is that relationship dissolves. You go into the next relationship thinking that the way you get security is through sex, okay? And this vicious cycle happens. You say, Ben, how do you know that? Well, I know it, number one, because I was a psychology major. Number two, I know it because I've worked with people for over 14 years, okay? And I've talked to people, I've counseled people time and time again, and it's usually the woman, not the man, because I know I am a man, and we're just, we're, we're just jerks by nature, okay? <laughs> we need Jesus to sanctify us. And all the guys are looking at me like, you are like, what are you doing to us? You're ruining us. Stop it! Okay? Um, but guys, honestly, you want to have sex, man, get into a committed, covenantal marriage relationship with a woman, okay? Give them security, and we're, we're going to talk some more about that. You with me tonight? Are you glad you came? Maybe. By the way, we're having a meet and greet afterwards, some coffee and pastries if you want to stick around. All right, perfect. What does the Bible say about sex? Let's just jump into it tonight. What does the Bible have to say about sex? Because, um, you know, uh, we, you know, and let me just tell you, because someone commented on my Facebook, and because uh, I said, hey, we're going to be talking about sex, and, uh, you know, come uh, to Urban, and, uh, and they, they put a, you know, what is it, Tim McGraw song on there, and like, oh, doesn't the Bible say I like it, I love it, I want some more of it? Um, no, that's not the Bible. Although, it is, okay? But not quite in those, those words. What does the Bible say about sex? Here it is. God created sex. 
It is a good thing, not a bad thing, okay? What then is sex created for, okay? I'm going to give you three things tonight, what sex is created for, according to the Bible. Number one, sex is created for marriage. Well, you have to say that. You're a pastor, and, you know, maybe that's true, but we're not talking about what I have to say. We're talking about what the Bible says, okay? The Bible says sex is created for marriage. Why is it created for marriage? Because sex is, if you look at dictionary.com, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, dictionary.com, I'm giving them some props, okay? It says this, okay? And it's a pretty basic definition. It's to engage in sexual intercourse. Wow, that is so deep. I didn't know that. I learned so much tonight. Okay. To engage in sexual intercourse. If you look up the word intercourse, intercourse literally means to have communication between one another. Okay? So in other words, sex is the deepest, most intimate form of communication that you can have with your partner in marriage. Okay? We see this in Genesis chapter 4. Okay, Genesis chapter 4, and I'm just going to turn there and I'm going to read it to you. Genesis chapter 4 says this, okay, remember chapter 2, God created them, put them together, there was man, there was woman, they were naked and they were not ashamed, okay. Genesis chapter 4 says this, now remember they're married, now Adam knew Eve, his wife, okay, knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, Okay? Now, you ought to understand something. That word knew or know there, it means they had, some of you catching on, they had sex. Okay? It's not like they knew each other. Hi, my name's Ben. Hi, my name's, you know, whatever. Hey, look, there's a child. Okay? That's not what happened. Okay? This word know means that they had sexual relations. Okay? Why does it use the word know? It means, it says no because it's the deepest, most intimate communication that you can have with your partner in a marriage relationship, okay? It's not something that was just there for, for fun, okay? Although we're going to talk about that, it is fun, okay? But it was there so that you could share that deep communication with somebody in a marriage relationship. Why is sex created for marriage? It's created for marriage because it consummates a marriage. What does it mean to consummate? It means the marriage is fulfilled at that moment. Okay? It means, man, it's sealed, man, this is legit, man, we are married. Okay? Now, I remember on my honeymoon night, okay, 12 years ago, and I remember, okay, and yes, I had the pregame jitters, okay? But those pregame jitters left very quickly, okay? And I remember, I know, I'm so glad my wife is working with children tonight, God, she would just be beat red, okay? And I remember, okay, that moment of sharing intimacy with my wife, okay? I remember that moment, and I remember the deep knowledge that we were sharing. It wasn't just at that moment. It wasn't, I wasn't just being a guy thinking about sex, food, sex, okay? At that moment, it was so much more. It was so much deeper. It was like, man, we are fulfilling the marriage right now. Man, it is being consummated. Man, it is being covered. Man, it is being sealed. Man, this is man, what, what this is all about. Proverbs chapter 5. We read Proverbs chapter 5 tonight. Proverbs chapter 5 it says this. In verse 18, let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife. You cannot have a wife unless you're married. So we could flip it with your husband, okay? You cannot be husband and wife unless you're 
married, okay? So here we see in Proverbs chapter 5, it's, it's given all these warnings. Hey, don't just go do it with anybody. And don't just be out there, you know, whatever. No, do it inside of a covenant relationship of marriage with your wife or with your husband. Sex is created for marriage, okay? And let me just tell you this, man. That's why we need to talk about it more in church, okay? And if you don't understand the whole covenantal marriage thing, man, go back three weeks ago. You can get it online, okay? We need to talk about it more in church because, honestly, the, the taboo thing is this, that, that, that the world paints a picture that all the great sex is outside of marriage. Now, once you get married, you don't have to watch a show that long. Once you get married, man, the sex life is just kind of over, okay? That is a lie. Why does media, why does the world paint that picture? Well, ultimately, because the world wants to destroy your marriage, Okay? That's why. But man, if we understand this, that God blesses sex inside of marriage, that you will have the best sex you've ever had. Let me go back to that word no real quick. When it says they knew each other and, and they, had, they had babies, okay? Not Christian studies, okay? But studies out there say this, that you will start in a marriage relationship, you will start having your best sex after about eight, nine, ten years of marriage, okay? Why is that? Because you know each other. Okay? And the more you know each other, man, you guys are looking at me like, I'm just going to keep moving though because you think you feel awkward. All right? <laughs> the more you know each other. Matter of fact, you know, the, and I'm not going to say the word, but after I spell it, you'll be saying it over and over and over in your mind. But, but the word, the F word, you know what the F word is? F-U-C-K. Okay? I see you're already saying it in your mind. You're like, dude, I came to church and you're causing me to cuss. This is great, man. Dang it. You know, I'm never coming back. Okay. That word, you know what it actually stands for? It stands for, for unlawful carnal knowledge. For unlawful carnal knowledge. Where did that word come from? It came uh, really from back in the middle, medieval times. And what happened was, is when a man had sex, or a woman, but they had sex outside of the marriage relationship, they were having unlawful carnal knowledge of one another. And you would actually see them, once they got caught, they would actually see them be brought out, be put in the stocks, you know, the thing where they trap the head and the arms right there, you know, and they're out there on display, and it would say F-U-C-K. Why? It's saying this is why they're in the stocks, because they had unlawful carnal knowledge of somebody else. Okay, why is that? Because sex was created by God, it's awesome, and it's created for marriage. Why created for marriage? Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says this, that any sin, okay, that you commit, Okay, it's committed outside of the body, except for sex, sexual immorality. What is sexual immorality? Adultery, fornication, masturbation, bestiality. Okay, we, the list goes on and on. When you do those things, okay, that's sexual immorality, that sin is committed to your own body, inside the body. Okay? Why is that? Because when you have sex with somebody else, you are not just engaging in an activity, but it's very clear through that verse, that the Bible is saying, man, something is transmitted to the other person. It's a spiritual, emotional, physical act that is happening, and you are literally giving yourself to that person. Okay? So, we were not designed to have sex outside of marriage. Why? Because you're giving yourself to that person without there being a commitment there. Are you with me tonight? Okay? And man, the cycle will continue on, and you give yourself to somebody else, give yourself to somebody else, give yourself to somebody else. Now, the cool thing is this. Can God restore it? Absolutely. Does he? 
Absolutely. Will he tonight? Absolutely. Sex created for marriage. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, well, that's great. Thanks for sharing with the Bible. I don't, I don't buy into that. That's fine. Don't buy into it. Just look at the, the natural side of it. If, if you have sex just within marriage, okay, there's, there's less diseases, less unwed mothers, less abortions, less, are you with me? So if you just did it from purely a natural standpoint, like, you know, yeah, we should probably get back to that just within. Okay. Now, here's the, here's the thing, okay? And I've been doing this for long enough to have this conversation with people. And I'll, I'll use their exact words, okay? People will come up to me, you know, and they'll say, you know what, Ben, that's great, but, um, you know, how do we know that we're going to, you know, that we're going we're gonna to gel together? I'm like, what do you mean? I know what they mean, but I just want to hear them say it. Well, how, how do you know that, man, it's, you know, the chemistry is going to be right? What do you mean? Okay, what I'm trying to say is, that, you know, how do we know the sex is going to be good? Okay? And they'll use this explanation. They'll be like, you know, I mean, I mean, even before I buy a car, I take it out for a test drive. I've heard them say that before. Okay, and I'm probably not the only one sitting here tonight that's heard that. Okay? All right. Let me just say this. If you've never seen a car before in your life, you've never touched a car before in your life, you've never sat in a car, you've never kicked the tires of the car, okay? You have never, and all of a sudden a car pulls up and it's your first experience with a car. It is going to be the best car you've ever driven. Okay? Now, if you're a valet and you're parking cars all night, there's going to be a problem. You know, you're parking Lamborghinis and Ferraris all night and then you get in your little, you know, Toyota whatever and you're driving it home. You're kind of like, man, I don't like this Toyota so much. Why? Because you've been sitting in some other rides. Are you with me? Okay. What are you saying? I'm saying this. If you never have sex until the day you're married, oh, man, that is not realistic. I mean, that is so not realistic. I think it becomes more realistic if we pitch it as a realistic possibility. Okay? I think too often we just pitch, hey, look, and I, I was going to bring it tonight and I didn't, but I, I remember my health ed days in high school. You guys remember the banana? And I was going to bring one tonight, but I thought maybe, you know, maybe that'd be going too far. Maybe we'll do this series again in about four years and they'll bring the banana out, okay? The banana and the condom. Do you guys remember those days? Or is that, was I the only one that they did sex ed back in the day? Okay? And then like, okay, here's the banana. Okay? And that's all they taught me about sex. Wow! That's all I need to know? I've, I've, I've never shopped for bananas the same since that day. Because, <laughs> hey, that's an unprotected banana. I don't want that one. You know? I mean, come on. Honestly, it's ruined my taste for bananas. Okay? If we talk about it realistically and pitch it as a... Man, if, I'm telling you right now, if you wait until you're married, okay, all right, it'll be the best sex you've ever had. Now, the reality is this, is I know that there's people... See, I'm going to look right back there at the clock. I know there's people sitting in here tonight. You're not married and you're having sex. Well, Ben, you're a genius. Well, it's just, it's, it's just statistics, okay? okay? Okay, I'll look back down. Okay. I know that's happening. You're saying, wow, you're just, we're never coming back here. You're offending us. No, I'm telling you the truth, okay? Okay? And so here's what needs to happen. If you're having sex outside of marriage, one of two things needs to happen. One, be a man, buck up, and give her the security she really wants and marry her. 
I know, you're looking, I'm going to kill you afterwards, okay? okay? Or number two, and I'm going to say this to the ladies. Ladies, dump him. Okay. All right, let's move on. Okay. <laughs> I'm the guy that you're being awkward. I can say a few things, okay? Number two. <laughs> number two, sex is created for procreation. What does that mean? Sex is actually created. There actually is, okay, and, and we can actually flip these, the number two and three, but we'll just take it in order that we have it here. It actually is. There is actually an end result, okay? That, that yes, God designed it for your pleasure. We're going to talk about it in a minute, but it actually has an end result. What is that? Babies. Really? Yeah, babies, okay? That is the end result. So sex is not only created for marriage, it's created for procreation to, to bring babies on the planet. Genesis 1.28, what does it say? Be fruitful! What's he saying? He's saying, have a lot of sex! That's what he's saying. Multiply, fill the whole earth. Okay? Now we know God's design for a family is mom-dad. Married relationship. Okay? Therefore you can have a prosperous family. All right? So that Genesis 1.28, right from the beginning. I love how he just talks about, man, hey, be fruitful, have sex, multiply, fill the whole earth. And then he gets into the whole, you know, anyway, man and woman naked, and it's awesome. God's good. Okay. Malachi 2.15. Malachi 2.15 says this. You can look it up. I'm just going to paraphrase. It says, what do I want? This is God talking. What do I want from your marriage relationship? What do I want from your godly union? Here's what I want. I want offspring. I want children. That's what I want. It doesn't really get much more clear than that. You with me? Be fruitful, multiply. Wow, okay, yeah, sex, perfect. Multiply. Oh, God wants from our marriage relationship. Okay, we can have sex inside of marriage. And, and Oh, sweet, man, have babies, okay? I have two of them, okay? And we stopped. We're done. We will have no more, okay? Unless a miracle happens or we adopt, okay? But we, we, we had two. We reached perfection, okay? After two, okay? Two tries, boom, perfect, Okay? Some people, it takes like 15 children. Just kidding. Okay? We were happy with two. And, uh, that, you know, that's what God told us to have. We, we're done. Okay? We've, we've populated our portion of the earth. <laughs> okay. Number three. You're like, dude, are you going to finish soon? Absolutely. Then we'll share coffee together and pastries. What is sex created for, number three? It's created for pleasure. Oh, that's the one I wanted to hear all night. Sweet. Talk to me. Okay. It's created for pleasure. Now, I, I, I wanna, I, I, I'll just burst the man's bubble tonight, okay? Because, I know, I, I just sound, am I, am, I like, am I like a woman dressed up in, you know, the man? You know, no, okay? Because I've been ragging on the men all, I don't know what my problem is. God forgive me. I have not yet met a man, okay? whether he's had sex or not, that doesn't think he's the man when it comes to this issue. <laughs> Just going to be honest, okay? Like I said, I've done a lot of premarital counseling, and we save the sex talk for about a week before the wedding, and I just, I just tell it how it is. Now, am I an expert? No, I'm not an expert, although I've been having, you know, covenantal marriage sex for 12 years, okay? And then uh, they say you have, you know, your best after 8, 9, or 10, so I've had like five phenomenal years, all right? Anyway, I was saying, uh, gosh, you think it's awkward for you. Jesus, help me. Am I red? 
Okay, the sunburn is covering it. Okay. Where was I? Okay, burst the man's bubble, yes. And, and in these, these, these conversations I have with them, I'll be like, hey, we're going to talk about sex. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about it. Just talk to me. So you, you know about it, right? Oh, dude, yeah, I know about it. I know about sex. Me and my dad had the talk, and actually I've had a few experiences of my own. I think I got this one handled, you know. Okay. Without, now some of the people that I did the premarital counseling are sitting here, and you guys were really humble in this subject, so everybody else outside of you, okay? And, uh, <laughs> anybody want to get married? I'll do your premarital counseling. Oh, Jesus, help me. And we'll have the conversation, and, and they're very much like, oh, dude, I know. And then we'll begin to talk, and I begin to see them like, look at me like, really? You know? And they begin to get more interested. Because here's the reality. I'm just going to be honest with you. It doesn't take that much for a guy, okay? You know, it's been said that a guy is ready just like that, okay? And the older you get, you're ready just like that, okay? And so it doesn't take a guy a whole, a whole lot, Okay? But then, here's the thing, okay? I begin to talk to them, and I'll be like, dude, it's not about you, okay? What? What are you talking about? It's not about me, you know? Okay? Did you know, and I'm just going to give you a statistic, that 26% of the, or, yeah, only 26% of the time, this is statistics, this is, you know, surveys done, only 26% of the time does a woman climax, okay? Guys, if that didn't just burst your bubble, (laughs) I don't know what else will. Okay? It's like 84% for the guys, 26 for the women, okay? Okay? Now, what, what does that mean? That means this. That means as a guy, man, you better be into her security a whole lot, okay? And you, it, it takes about four minutes for the guy. It takes about 12 minutes for the woman, okay? Okay, let me just read you a verse. Can I read you a verse? Because I, yes, please read a verse. This is getting really awkward. Please read. Let's go back to Proverbs chapter 5, okay? It's created for pleasure. It's created for pleasure. Proverbs chapter 5. Verse 18, let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife for youth. Love, oh, lovely, dear, oh, graceful doe, oh, hot woman. That's what it's saying. Let her breasts fill you at all times with delight. Amen and amen. Be intoxicated always in her love. Because what is that saying? That is saying, man, sex is pleasurable. Sex is really, really good. Okay? Now, there's no one that probably knows the topic better uh, than, than a man named Solomon. Okay, and so I'm going to turn to Song of Solomon, uh, chapter 4, verse 6, and if you want to, guys, if you want to be a stud for your future wife, study this book, because this guy, he, he, was, he was a stud, I'm just going to tell you right now, verse 5, chapter 4, your two breasts are like two fawns, guys, probably don't want to use those terms, so, <laughs> on your wedding night, oh man, look at those fawns, you know, okay, it's probably not... Jesus, help me. I should probably take a... How many of you guys are never coming back to Urban? <laughs> We're going to talk about purity next week. No, I was kidding. No, verse 5, your two breasts are like two fawns, twins of a gazelle. Don't want to use that one either. That graze among the lilies. Verse 6, listen to this. What's he saying? They're talking about sex. That's what he's talking about. He's like... And then listen to what he says. He's a stud. Listen to him. He's talking, he's saying all these things, they're like, they're like gazelles, they're like deer, until the day breathes and the shadows flee. In other words, he said, now we are going to do this all night long, okay? 
Now listen to me, I'm not trying to be weird. That's what the Bible's saying, ladies and gentlemen. Okay? Which tells me this. This guy understood it. It was not about himself. It was about his bride. It was about pleasing her because I'm a guy and I know we can't go all night long. Okay? The woman, on the other hand, okay, he understood. Okay? He understood it wasn't about him. And he said, you know what? It's about you, babe. And I'm, can I just tell you this? If you have that perspective in marriage, if you say, man, it's all about you, babe, man, you will go a long ways and it'll all be about you at the same time because if you give 100%, she's going to give 100%, which is going to make you want to give 100%, which means you're only going to not have sex for a limited time. Are you with me? Okay? <laughs> and, okay, are you with me tonight? Okay? Sex is created for marriage first and foremost. Now, the next two, flip them around if you want, okay? It's created for pleasure, and it's created for procreation, okay? This is a godly thing. This is not something... Now, listen to me. Listen to me, okay? Because here's the reality. If you understand the sex that God was talking about, you understand this. You understand that that intercourse outside of marriage is really not what God calls sex. It's what he calls fornication, if you understand what God is talking about in the Word, you understand sex, you understand that if you're married and you're having sex with somebody that's not your wife, that's not sex, that's adultery. Okay? If you understand what God is talking about in His Word about sex, you understand that, that, that sex with somebody of the same sex is not sex, it's homosexuality. Okay? If you understand this, you understand that, that the Bible, if you understand what God's talking about sex, you understand that, that intercourse with an animal, oh my God. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not sex. It's bestiality, okay? If you understand what God is saying about sex in his word, okay, you understand that if you're messing around with yourself, it's not sex that God talked about. It's masturbation, okay? Why did you mention those things? Because those things are put in the category, the 1 Corinthians 7, that you should not be sexually immoral because God does not bless that, Okay? And this is one thing that, that's very clear in Scripture. Sex inside of marriage is fulfilling, it's great, it's awesome, and it's blessed by God. Sex outside of marriage, man, it brings confusion, it brings guilt, it brings shame, it brings anxiety, okay? And I don't know about you, but I don't want any of those things, okay? Now let me just ask you, you don't have to raise your hand. So Ben, why are you being so upfront with this? Because me, never had it. Not only that, people submitted what they wanted to hear about. And there were more votes for sex than anything else. Okay? This is what the Bible says about sex. Godly, good, it's awesome, it's blessed, it's amazing. Inside of marriage, because it's created for marriage, it's created for procreation, and it's created for your pleasure. You with me tonight? Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that your word is living and active. And Lord, I just pray tonight more than anything that, God, the people would walk away knowing what the Bible says. God, I'm not making them believe what the Bible says. I'm not asking them to believe what the Bible says. I'm not trying to twist anybody's arm. But God, one thing's for sure. We'll walk out of here tonight knowing what the Bible says about sex. So Lord, I pray tonight, God, for those, Lord, that, that maybe are here tonight and maybe they're feeling what's called guilt as we talked about it. Maybe they're feeling a little uneasy, a little ashamed. Lord, I pray, I pray that tonight 
God, that, they would use, that you would use that guilt to steer them in the, wrong, or the right direction, away from the wrong direction. Listen to me as your eyes are closed. I want you to think about where you're at, okay, on this subject specifically, first and foremost. Just close your eyes think about it. You don't have to agree with me tonight. You don't have to agree with the Bible tonight. Okay? But let me tell you something. Too many people have had this view. I've already blown it. I've already done it, so might as well keep doing it. No. Listen to me tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says God can make it just as if it never happened. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That is not just God, you know, wiping away some little sins. and t- No, 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 no. God will come in and not only will he remove the shame and the guilt, but I'm telling you, he'll restore it. So when you walk into that wedding day and you go on that honeymoon night and you get together with your wife or your husband for the first time, God will renew it just as if it never happened. I believe that. I pray that for people. Because the reality is, as we sit here tonight, the majority of us have probably blown it in some way or some aspect in this area. But I want you to know something. If you feel guilt tonight, that's nothing to be ashamed of because it's the number one tool that God uses to steer you back to the right way. If you've stopped feeling guilt and you've stopped feeling shame, then God has nothing to work with. But if you feel it tonight, let me tell you something. It's not my job to bring guilt and shame. It's my job to say, here's what the Bible says. It's up to the Holy Spirit now. Do with it what you want. But I want you to know something tonight, more than anything, more than even walking away from here tonight, knowing what the Bible says, I want you to walk away with here with your head high, knowing that God's washed over you, knowing that God's forgiven you. 